Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Now to Trey Betty, brought to you by Asher Wrecker Service, 501-562-2293. Family owned and operated since 1980. Asher Wrecker, dependable towing and vehicle recovery service. Ask for Asher. Good afternoon, Trey. Hey, guys. Good afternoon. Hey, We've guys. got a caller waiting for you. We believe we do anyway, so we're going to mm-hmm. test it. Uh, by the way, the number to call, Trey, is 501-661-1037. 501-661-1037. So, let's talk to Jared. Jared, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey? Uh, yes, sir. Good to hear from you guys today. Thank you. Uh, Trey, I just, want, I just want to start. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm, I just said thank you. Okay. Oh, yes, sir. Um, Trey, I just wanted to say uh, a little bit about how much I enjoy your service, man. It really is a blessing to me. I, I read an article almost every day or try to get on and see what Danny has to say about recruiting. Y'all doing a fantastic job. And thank um, you. the, the, you're welcome. Uh, the one thing I wanted to say or ask you about. How bad do you think it hurt Burks not going to combines at a high school in in this actual combine here at, at, the, at the NFL combine because he had never actually performed in front of scouts before? How do you think that affected him? And I'll hang up the listen. Well, I, I absolutely think it probably played a role. Uh, you know, you look at his NFL combine vertical was, what, 33 inches? And then his pro day vertical was 35, or maybe 35 and a half. So, I mean, I, I think all that stuff matters. I mean, this is a guy that never went to any combine ever. I bet I bet out of everybody that was there, at, what is it, 300-something players? Out of everybody that was there, I bet he's the only one that was going through his first combine. What do you guys <laughs> think? Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it hurt. Having said that, um, his agent is actually a friend of mine. I've uh, known him for 25 years or so. And um, – he says that not he hasn't had a single person, scout or anything, um, express the least bit of concern over trailing Burks' speed. I don't have a concern over his speed. Not after the way that, uh, I mean, I, we remember it like it's happening right now, running away from yeah. those Alabama defenders, those Al- Alabama well, secondary players. That's anybody who's spent a little bit of time and watched, and watched him on tape. They know that uh, speed – should not be considered a concern for Traylon Burks. Um, you know, he's also, he's got a lot of other quality attributes just physically, obviously. He's got big hands. He's not quite as big as, I guess, the legend had, had started, but um, I think he was among the top three biggest hands among wide receivers there. Um, longest arms, I think the longest wingspan, too. So uh, he's He's got a lot going for him, and I still would expect him to get drafted in the first round. I'd just be really surprised if that didn't happen. Uh, I kind of thought with the combo – I mean, I, I'm like everybody else. We see him on game days running away from Alabama defensive mm-hmm. backs, and you figure, okay, well, he's probably going to run a 4-4 or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was surprised as anybody. And, you know, had he, maybe, maybe we would have seen his, his stock improve a little bit. But um, after the combine, he was – he's I mean – his average might have dropped five spots in the mock in the mock drafts, you know. So it's not not too dramatic. Do you think part of what, and I'm 
I'm trying to remember back just watching, remembering uh, when he ran that 4-5-5. That was, by the way, the very first uh, attempt at the 40 at the combine because he did improve upon that time, but they only count the very first one. But what I don't remember anything about Trey was was what was his bench numbers? They, you know, they're, they're 225 pounds is what are going to bench i don't remember any numbers that he put up he didn't do he didn't do the bench at the combine he did do the bench at uh, arkansas pro day and i don't really to be honest i don't remember exactly what they were mm-hmm. it's been a while i guess i do think that they need to space out arkansas's pro day a little bit from the nfl combine it's too quick afterwards i mean you go to the nfl combine and then you're like well um, I need to work on this event, you know, or I lost weight to run the 40. Now I need to pack some weight back on and, you know, for, for the bench or something uh, that I'm going to do at the pro day. And you don't really have any time to do that. So this, this is the quickest I've seen NFL combine into a pro day. So uh, I don't think that was, I, I think they could probably space that out a little bit in the future. Uh, but I don't remember what his bench press numbers were. Nobody at the Combine hardly did bench press. And the reason is because they scheduled it on the same day as they do all the other events. It used to be, you know, the day you, like, check in and get measured and all that stuff, you also do bench press. And then you do the, the testing, the you know, the speed events, the jumping, the on-field stuff. But to do the bench press, you know, you do a, you know, you strain out and do the, the bench press mm-hmm. as many times as you can, 225, I mean, you're going to be all puffed up and blown out in the chest. You know, you don't, that's not necessarily conducive to going and, and putting your best numbers up, you know, on the on field stuff. So I, I think that they'll probably change that in the future at the NFL Combine also. I don't know why they changed it this time. Update from Baum Walker Stadium, bottom of the third. Arkansas continues to bat. It is now 6 nothing as Kendall Diggs. Drove in Braden Webb, and um, well, no, actually, Webb advanced to third. Borfin scored. Uh, Jace Borfin also doubled to right field earlier. Drove in two runs. Jalen Battles, Robert Moore scored, and Arkansas continues to bat in the bottom of the sixth with two outs. Runners at first and third at bat is Dylan Lynch. Now, Randy, you initially said bottom of the third, then you said bottom of the sixth. I'm going to guess it's the third because I've only been playing a little over an hour. So. Yeah, bottom of third. My bad. Yeah. Bottom of third. Yeah. I'm, looking at, I'm looking at that six. That's what I'm looking at. <laughs> and uh, six-nothing Arkansas. Leach pops out to third base. Wow, he made an out. Gee. Yeah. He doesn't do that very often in these non-conference nope. games. No, nope. mm-hmm. he has been red hot. Um, this from our Asher Record Service Company live in feedback. Larry says, would you please ask Trey to update us on Landon Jackson? I realize he's been battling injuries, didn't practice much during spring ball, but to me he seems to have a lot of potential if he can stay healthy. I'd like Trey to share his thoughts about Landon, what can we expect from him, and how he fits to our defense. The only thing to not like about Landon Jackson is the injuries. He, he had ankle injury in high school. Uh, he just got his knee cleaned up. and But he was actually out there a little bit uh, at the end. Uh, I guess maybe the last three practices, maybe two practices since he didn't obviously scrimmage. Uh, and then they've already had one this week. And they've got 
one tomorrow and then one Saturday. So I would assume he's still going through those practices, but he's not he's not going to go full pads. I don't see that. I don't think he'll see full pads. So 6'7", 275, and they consider him an edge guy. I asked Sam Pittman, is like, is this a guy that you see more as a left end, a guy that – you know, plays on the outside in the three-man front. Maybe you move him inside, you know, when, you know, you need your, your pass rushers in there. I think I could, we could see them possibly doing something like that, you know, when it's third and long and, you know, you use a three-man front and maybe have him as the nose. I could possibly see something like that. But he's he's a big dude. And I think it's interesting when you look at you know, the transfer portal overall, the guys that they brought in are all – bigger than probably the average you know you got him at 67 275 that's a that's about maxed out for a defensive end size that's, that's a big dude um, you know Drew Sanders 65 235 at linebacker Latavius Breeny is 62 what 210 or so his safety it's a big safety and then um, um, McLaughlin is 62 182 uh, which is obviously a good size for a cornerback so I think that's interesting to note that not only did they you know, get some guys that are really well regarded. They got some. They got some big guys too. And I would think that Jackson comes in and pushes for uh, immediate playing time at at right end. You've got Zach Williams there. You've got Jordan Dominic also coming in. And when you look at the defensive end position overall, Eric Gregory he can play inside and outside. He's probably one of the more undervalued players on the team. Nobody really talks about Eric Gregory a whole lot, uh, but he's been a, a steady contributor for the past two years heading to. Uh, a third year, and he's got another two, I guess, left if he wants to use a COVID year. Uh, but him and Zach Williams, who it's crazy he's already a senior, but he's been a pretty steady contributor for Arkansas. Uh, Jashad Stewart is the guy that gets off the ball quick. They like what they've seen from Eric Thomas. So that's your 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 first two groups right now. And then add Jordan Dominic into the mix. And then add Landon Jackson into the mix. Uh, you start feeling pretty good about the situation at defensive end. And, I don't know that they're ever going to be a super high sack total team. They certainly haven't been. But that's largely, again, to just having a three-man front. I mean, a lot of times they only bring three. You know, sometimes they bring four, but that's what most teams bring. So as long as they're doing that, then I think you'll probably, you know, probably expect them to, you know, be in the bottom third of the SEC in sack total. Craig, don't you get the sense that Arkansas is going to go with the three linebacker look? And the reason why I say that is uh, the way Drew Sanders has come on, and then you combine that with the play of Pooh Paul, I think, again, they're going to want all three of those guys on the field, along with Bumper Poole, as much as possible. True, but they got to have backups for those guys. You can't play 90% of the snaps, you know, at linebacker. You just end up getting injured and exhausted. So it's, that's what worked out so well for them last year. They were able to, keep every, able to keep everybody healthy, had a good three-man rotation. So I would expect that to probably continue either, you know, a 3-2-6 or a 4-2-5. Uh, However, Randy, just to your point, they did have a little package they put out, I think maybe the Thursday before the spring game, that, you know, had all three of those linebackers on the field at the same time because we do know that Sanders can get after the quarterback. You know, he played more of an outside linebacker role at Alabama. So uh, it looks like they'll try to utilize that some at least. But a lot could be, you know, just depend on how they feel about overall depth and, and the matchup, of course. And speaking of Drew Sanders, is his speed as much laterally as it is 
vertically. I mean, it, that looked like, I mean, the the play that he made where he, he got Malik Hornsby, chased him all the way to the sidelines. I mean, the, you don't think of a linebacker being able to run down Malik Hornsby. Yeah, uh, it looks like it. <laughs> it looks like he's got the lateral. I mean, you got to have lateral speed if you're at linebacker in this conference. Um, he looks like he's got the total package, and it's kind of interesting, Randy, when, you know, after practice, it's just like on, on Saturday, it was almost just like everybody said, okay, we can let the cat out of the bag on Drew Sanders. And then, I mean, everybody, like they've talked about him, but they were just glowing reports on Drew Sanders mm-hmm. on Saturday. And it's like, okay, everybody – Go ahead and go ahead and tell them what they want to know on Drew Sanders. He's amazing, you know. So um, it feels pretty, I think, pretty solidly that you're going to see Bumper and Drew Sanders line up next to each other as the primary starters. Um, and that's nothing against Chris Paul. You know, he's just he's a younger guy uh, who I think has a really bright future and maybe a lot of you know Chris Paul is the guy that's just talking to him. You feel like he he could probably do a lot of things in life if he wanted to, but uh, I think he's going to be a nice third linebacker for him, but I, I would expect Sanders and Poole to end up starting. And last year, Arkansas used three linebackers quite effectively. Yep. Uh, rotating them in there, you can do that again. Especially in the bowl game. When you think of Sanders, that's the type of linebackers that Alabama has, and Arkansas was fortunate enough to get him from Alabama. Those are the kind of players you need to win at a higher level with, aren't they? Absolutely. And, you know, I thought Josh Pate made – I keep bringing up Josh Pate. You guys, if y'all don't listen to Josh Pate, should. It's, he, he does a, a YouTube show for 24-7, does a great job. But, you know, he was just pointing out how good a player Drew Sanders is, and it's not because there was a problem at Alabama or he didn't have the right – he just happened to be like what he calls it as a generational talent at linebacker for Alabama. And, you know, he started a few games for him last year, had an injury, lost that starting spot, and, you know, they just had – They've got a lot of talent there. I mean, you cannot, you can't get injured at Alabama because somebody will take your spot. And that's, <laughs> that's, right. that's what ended up happening. And Arkansas needed him. Obviously, they've got more holes there at that position. And so it worked out really well for Arkansas. And, and hopefully it works out well for him, too. Needs to ask if he has any friends. Yeah. <laughs> still, still, excuse me. I'm sure he's got friends, but still in Tuscaloosa who might like to move to Fayetteville. Yeah. That goes on, doesn't it? I mean, that's that's the way it works. Is hey, you know, you're not playing there. This is a great place. Why don't you tell them you're in the transfer portal? <laughs> and uh, by the way, I'll make sure that Coach Pittman knows that you're in the transfer well, portal. Well, uh, you know, one of the other things that I know Trey can visit with us about. We talk about it frequently. That the transfer portal for football pretty much is, you know, let's get through the semester and then see who's available, but. What if there was some good defensive lineman that didn't want to stay at Alabama? That'd be a pretty good move, wouldn't it? They could use a couple more DLs. Yeah. I mean, we're going to see another wave here. I mean, we, we hit the first wave. It was pretty chaotic, and everybody was freaking out and hated it, right? Remember when, every, when Brooks left and uh, Fouché left and everybody hated the transfer portal? Somebody's got, something's got to be done about all this NIL stuff. And then <laughs> next thing you know, um, Dwight McLaughlin's on board. Brini's on board. Yeah. Uh, uh, Landon Jackson's on board, Drew Sanders on board. Things things started looking up a little bit uh, at that point, and uh, we'll hit we'll hit another wave here. You know, we, we should usually it's right after spring. Now it's just started. Like I mean, Arkansas lost two players during spring. I mean, Lucas Coley transferred, and you know, Mateo Soley, which you know, with Soley, Soley was a guy that's been here for 
you know, he was going on his senior year, and, yeah. you know, you're running with the third group, and that isn't, you know, Landon Jackson hasn't started practicing, and George Dominic hasn't arrived yet, you know, so kind of the writing was on the wall there for him, you know, being later in his career, but now you're seeing players just kind of transfer out in the middle of the spring, halfway point, um, but we're going to see a lot. As soon as we're getting near the end of the semester here, which is coming up, obviously, then we're going to start seeing a lot more uh, players enter the portal. As we've said numerous times, all three starters on the defensive line for Arkansas last year were post-spring entries into the transfer portal. Trado, it would take somebody that has a lot of time to do this, but don't you think it'd be interesting to, if somebody would do a study of the players that, the undergraduates that transfer, not graduate transfers, but the undergraduates that transfer, and when they do go to the new school, do they get a degree or how close do they get to one? Because all we talk about sports, and that's what we do. We don't talk about, well, hey, this guy got a chemistry degree. We, But wouldn't it be interesting to find out how many of them that make these moves eventually get their degrees or whether it's just, hey, I enjoyed my year of football. Thank you very much. See you later. Well, a lot of them don't find a place. A lot that's of them go to the portal and never leave yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. Most of them. Most of them. Yeah. And hasn't so. it been, Trey, pretty much the practice once that name, and I, I'm, I'm sure this goes on everywhere, once that name goes in the transfer portal, they're pretty much done scholarship-wise at the uh, at the school that they're leaving? Well, wouldn't they, they'd keep you on for the rest of the semester, wouldn't they? Right, yeah. right. Because you do finish. Right, you know. correct. Yeah, but then that's it, right. Yeah, I mean, so to me, you're, if you're – yeah, so if you don't find a school, scholar, if you're on athletic right. scholarship and you enter yeah. the transfer portal in the middle of it, then I'm not 100 percent sure you should just keep it. Yeah, I'm being I don't, honest. I don't, I, I don't, I don't like that for the kids. I don't know if that's the best interest for the kids, but man, I mean, I just remember, I, I, like especially during the season, like when you got guys that are in the transfer portal after four games, I, I just hate that. I hate the way that looks. I don't support it. I just, I just hate the way it looks. I, I, I've said a million times, you're going to transfer, transfer in the off season, but um, especially not in the fall semester. I mean, don't transfer in the fall semester. You know, wait till wait till the season's over. That's what I say. Hey, and you're playing, you're playing the four games selfishly, and then quitting after. Okay, transferring after that, uh, so you don't lose that year of eligibility. And yeah, uh, I mean. That's that's using that school to your advantage, that player's advantage. Played in four games, but now not playing anymore. And that's the that scholarship that's quitting, the end of the semester. Quitting on your team, quitting on the other yep. players on the team that are invested into the program, you know. And you know, you create a depth issue if you do that. Now, there's some guys that you know maybe aren't playing and stuff and do that. But I just wish more people would would take heed of that. And you know what? If it's not working out. Transfer in the off season. You know, yeah. Give your coaches some time to to, to fill. You can't fill a void in the middle of the semester. Like right. That, you know? That's so right. I wish there would be some kind of stipulation put on that, and also, um, you know, maybe maybe to look at that four game red shirt rule again, and um, maybe that should only apply to freshmen. Also, freshmen are players that get injured, in my opinion, not not guys who are past that year. That's what it was intended for anyway, to get freshmen some extra work. Yeah, especially for uh, if they 
if your team was able to qualify for a bowl game, then they might be needed in the bowl yeah. game. Well, like it's un- it's unfair to like you have a rash of injuries at quarterback, and you've got a kid who, um, you know, otherwise would be redshirting. Be like, hey man, <laughs> we need you for this one. Gotcha, game. I have you. Yeah. We, yeah, we don't have it, and you burn his red shirt. I mean, that's what it's there. That's what it at least should be there for to protect kids against that kind of stuff, you know. Um, because you have injuries all the time that pop up with special teams or sometimes an issue, you know. So there's a there's a lot. I think we can all agree there's a lot of things that have changed in college football lately and a lot of things that need to be changed further and, and just kind of restructured, give some people some protection, both players and coaches. All right, Trey, we will talk with you tomorrow. That is Trey Biddy of hogsports.com. He brought to you by Asher Wrecker Service Company.